Welcome to No Challenges Remaining on day 10 of the U.S. Open. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. You're becoming a regular here. It's good to see you. I know. It's so weird and kind of annoying that I have to do this all the time. But for Mary Carrillo, I will do anything. I will drop. I will wade through apocalyptic weather. Yes. Die of near asthma outside to get to my office to sit down with Mary Carrillo. That's what I will do. You have to walk outside to get to your office at your house? No, but I was outside. Tomorrow is like a, I'm not going to get okay. into it, but tomorrow's like a pickup day with three, like, so we've been going through all day, like clothing and books and sure. things to leave on the curb. And so it's been like five minutes outside and then had to run inside to like breathe and then run back outside. So yeah, well, it's been a day. It's been too long already, not introducing our guest, a woman of many books and clothes herself, Mary Carrillo. Mary, thank you for being on NCR here. Once again, it's been too long. It's an absolute pleasure for me, as you know. You are at the U.S. Open. Well, you're currently at your hotel, it looks like, unless there's a lovely, yeah. you know, backboard of a headboard of a bed somewhere in your broadcast studio there. But you are, it, be. <laughs> it would be nice. You are at the U.S. Open. Courtney and I are not, obviously, this year. This first question, as broad as you want it to be, how's it been? Like, what is the experience like of been being at the 2020 U.S. Open? Because not many people got to experience no, and I honestly, I wasn't supposed to experience it myself. I normally, for years, I've been covering this tournament for Tennis Channel, and they don't have a physical presence here. And so I was going to go to L.A. and call a week's worth of stuff over there. Um, but the fact is, my parents, it's my mother's 90th birthday today, by the oh, way. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, and my happy dad's Happy birthday, almost, Mama Carrillo. She is a great American. I haven't seen my parents since February. And they haven't seen my brother since last year or my sister and I just wanted yeah. to be around for my mother's birthday. And so I, I needed to figure out a way to do that. So for the first time ever, I'm working for the World Feed. And it's been the bubble. It's, I'm not going to say it's been bubblicious, but it's <laughs> been, I have felt safe the whole time. I've got to get tested again tomorrow. The tier two people, the, the TV people, we don't have to do the, the nasal swab. We do the, the, the old loogie in the, in the thing yeah. we, we just do the, the the saliva test i guess is a better way to i don't think they call the it spit, the spit and polish yeah, yeah exactly the yeah the loogie in a test tube test it's we're all very safe at the hotel i'm staying at the laguardia hampton inn mm. uh, and yes and i have an apartment in the city but i don't uh, i've just stayed here i'm i'm trying to respect the bubble we all wear masks we only a couple of people are allowed in the elevator at once the grounds have been kind of eerie, especially now. I mean, the first day of the tournament felt like the last day of a major because there were so few people right. around. Um, but now it's really a ghost town. The only person you see around in that area that they devise for the players is usually um, Olympia. Oh. Olympia. Oh. I was going to say Benoit Pair, but oh. no. No, Benoit, <laughs> he's long gone. You just don't see a lot of people around. It's been fun watching the players in their suites, you know, eating sushi and doing all that stuff. But I've honestly, I'm glad I'm here. I, I'm really glad I experienced it. Um, and I, I'm working with people I've never worked with before. Uh, Taylor Dent, I've done a, he's really good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I never Terry. knew that until I, 
And even in, I'm, I've never worked with Katrina Adams. I've never worked with Jill Kravis. And we're in separate booths. And interestingly, so the way they've done it is that we all get TV monitors so we can look at each other. And because I've never worked <laughs> with these people, I don't know what to feed them. Like, I don't know where they like to go. You know, is, are they tactical? Are they technical? Are they observation? Are they, what do they tell stories? So I'm actually looking at them a lot yeah. on the camera. Because I want to, I want to see what they're reacting to and and what they're feeling. Um, so I I have found it to be a really rewarding experience. I've really enjoyed it. The food is um, and it's fine, you know, and everything is, you know, you order your food like three days in advance. So that's a little, <laughs> that's not outstanding for someone like me. And there's very rarely like linguine and clams on the menu. That's okay. A lot of cold food, but a lot of turkey wraps. A lot of wraps and I'm not, I don't really like wraps. So I've been ordering, you know, you can, I've been doing takeout stuff. There is uh, Chinese food here, the local Chinese joint. And it comes like, as soon as you hang up the phone, they're in the lobby. It's one of those, <laughs> you know, and, love, and like love but, Queens Chinese food. Yeah. But it's not like at, this part of town is usually pretty good for Asian food. But this particular place, if you order like Kung Pao chicken, it comes with fries. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? Do I really want the egg foo young? Like it comes with like a pickle? No. no. So that's been a little, I, I can't wait to sort of get back to my own Food, everything every, everything in that's 2020 fair. is just that that just that bit disconcerting you know everything is just not and, quite right correct <laughs> and because i'm sure you you two have experienced the same thing you know I, I became a i skipped the australian open this year because i became a grandmother yes. during the first week of oz so i skipped that and then i haven't left i hadn't left naples florida which you have visited a couple of times right? i have yes lovely place there yeah it's nice it's a nice but I hadn't left there since March. And so, and, and I'm trying to figure out, well, if I go to New York, then I won't see the baby from here. Oh. I, and so like, do I, and then I got a quarantine and this baby is outstanding. I think I've sent you both many photos of little Rhea. And so you're trying to figure out, yeah, but my mom's 90. I mean, she's, and she's shrinking like hourly. This is a very small woman. She looks, you know, sure. Like a, and my dad is this little Italian guy. They look like hood ornaments, basically. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking I better get I better get there. But you you know what it's like when you're just trying to figure out how you get. I have decision fatigue, you know. Yeah. And and so I'm glad that this is almost over. So yeah. I'm calling the U.S. Open in New York, then I fly to L.A. on Monday to call the Italian Open for Tennis Channel. Oh LA. wow! And then I'll be calling the French Open for NBC from Stanford, Connecticut. Um, so that makes sense. So that's, uh -huh. you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a, it's been that kind of a season. This is the new, this is the new, the new yeah. normal, I yeah. guess, is, is what we're talking about, right? Which is, yeah. which is weird. I mean, going back to just even, I have to say, um, the booths with, mm -hmm. with both of you guys separate. Yeah. It hasn't come across yeah, you that you guys know. aren't sitting you next to know. each other. It's really, they do a remarkable job. And, and, what ha and this has never happened with me because I'm not normally that fussy about germs, but we have our own headsets. And as soon as, and we switch out booths, obviously, whoever's calling the next match in Ash, you know, you got you to gotta do a rotation. 
They come in, they disinfect, they, they hose down the booths for you. And they, you, you give your headset in a plastic bag and then they, and it's got your name on it. And then they disinfect that. And it just, and everyone's wearing masks. I mean, there's no, I, a couple of times I have, I haven't worn my mask. Like you get called out if you're not sure. wearing your mask properly. Um, but yeah, the booth thing has been, and especially because again, I'm new to the world feed. Uh, and I'm glad that we are the world. I've really enjoyed it. It goes out to 220 countries. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm sensing that I'm getting bigger and bigger in Guam. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a lie, Mary, because you've always been big in Guam. Well, the Guamanians but... get me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they, it's, they are the two people you're making the jokes for. They're your audience. That's the specific niche. And actually, that you're, I, I you're, feel like pickles you know? in Chinese food kind of a Guam specialty. So you might be careful before you throw around those analogies. You got, I'm, I, 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 I will show you when we're done. I will show you my Chinese menu. I'm, I'm not exaggerating on this. It's outstanding. Sounds very so, Australian. Have the grounds been, in terms of like the emptiness and just having a tournament with, without the people, without all the buzz of New York, has it been peaceful? Has it been eerie or, or sad or creepy? Or, or where, where does this sort of, just as, as an emotional hit, there's so, the US Open sells itself so much on its emotion, on its loudness, yes. especially. So having that all taken away, where does it, is it just surreal? Where does it fall for you on the on the sort of emotional, or does it vary based on your mood that day? How, how does it feel just to be there? I am, I, it's, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, over the summer, IBM has done all kinds of, you know, the, uh, audio engineering and all this analytics and all this stuff. They've done an unbelievable job trying to figure out how to present a sport like this in front of 23 and a half thousand empty seats. And they were experimenting and I was lucky enough. They invited me on a couple of calls. They wanted my feedback on some stuff. And ultimately I, I can't believe how quickly it normalized for me. Like I don't need a lot of, I didn't, I don't like, they had, they had like whoever was going to be the sound designer on these matches, they had plucked from, you know, the archives, all manner of sounds that like he had, like he, he showed me a bunch of different sounds that like break point chance after a long rally that was missed. And it's like a oh, wow. like, or, you know, overhead smash that bounces, like all different sounds, audio. And I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. And they haven't really done that too much. And I'm glad for it. I don't, I want it to feel raw and real. I, I want a hot mic on the courts. I want to hear, like, I, to me, and anybody who tells me this is an asterisk, asterisk open, get at, get, I'm going to kick them to the curb. If you can go seven rounds in this atmosphere after barely playing for half a year, mm. You, you get your open. This is, don't, yeah. don't even think about, you know. So I, again, it, I, I, I must be antisocial by nature. <laughs> I mean, Lies. I, it doesn't sound like I, you. Fake news, fake news. No, I, I don't, I, I think uh, uh, Joel Drucker, uh, a writer, you guys know oh, him, yeah. his friend, he got to know me a little bit. I've known him for 25 years. And after a, a little while, he said to me, you know, people think, you're one way, but you're actually a gregarious loner. And I thought, <laughs> that, that there's some truth to that, I think. But I have enjoyed the quiet. And, and again, I don't want it all the time, but I think it's been very interesting to see how these, how these players have performed 
in in this kind of a it feels pure yeah that's exactly it, it's, right it's tennis at its purest state of that's exactly you know yeah we don't i mean for all of i i get i personally don't love all the questions and constantly bringing up the lack of crowds and blah blah, blah. but at the end of the day yeah i mean i was having this conversation with my parents at, at lunch you know it's probably not great for Serena that there's no crowd to get into Svetlana Pronkova's ear. Right. I mean, the crowd wins her three games. That's yeah. just the reality. It's not that it necessarily makes Serena play better, but it, it definitely rattles her opponents at times, mm -hmm. right? And so that's a weird advantage to kind of have. And so now it's just it's just a level playing field. Like, let's go play tennis. But I also think I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed watching Shapovalov play here. And I love Medvedev anyway. I loved him last year. I still love him this year. I think you don't go for as many crazy cowboy shots if you're not playing to a crowd. I think it's why maybe Shapovalov looks so good this time around. Yeah. He I, played more disciplined? Yeah, I think so. I think he's not, you know, playing to, you know. Yeah. I was talking with that on yesterday's show with Pam Shriver about what Kyrgios would have been like in this environment had he shown up, like how radically different his game might have been if there was no crowd to please, no reason to do a necessary tweener. He would be complete. What would he do? He'd be completely I think he would just, lost. I think he would just yell at his box all yeah, the time. Yeah, he, he would he need some interaction. He would need mad. some interaction. He would yeah. just be so mad all the time, I think. He's yelling at his box and just... And that's kind of what Novak did. Novak was yeah. on edge yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and, and not unlike, I mean, Andy was very similar as well. I mean, yeah. Andy was constantly in monologue. Um, and so I think that there's, that it's interesting that you see a lot more of that on the men's side than the women's side, despite, yeah. you know, the trope being that the women look over to the box more and need the coaches and da 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 da, da. But all the chatter is always coming from the men's matches, yeah. which I found interesting. I've loved the Foley mics picking up everything, as as Pam said. I mean, everybody keeps saying, like, no, Serena always breathes this heavy. We just don't know that because the, the court is so loud. But it's kind of remarkable yes. to just hear her panting and working so damn hard. It's cool. Well, that's the thing with Serena. It's I've really enjoyed hearing her. I mean, I've always liked watching her play, but to uh, to absorb how effortful it is and how much she puts into every stroke you know and every chase of the ball yep and i've really it's i i i don't want to say i enjoy i've enjoyed this because that maybe that sounds wrong but uh, i've enjoyed it yeah good that's good i mean like i, I felt the same way about when <laughs> nhl came back early on i mean like a few several weeks earlier than tennis did like it, there is a purity to it seeing this in a vacuum where you yeah. it's just basically the athletes out there and you can see the, how the desire some of them it waned for sure and some of it some of them were doubling down i mean like i remember in terms of serena and the vocals i remember there was she was playing in the, in the soccer rematch she was at sort of one of her peak grunting phases of this match and soccer hit a first serve into the net and serena went ah it's like <laughs> like she missed a first serve serena it didn't make it onto your side of the court why are you making this much noise but because because she was that dialed in and you know people talked about the the shot where she did the in lexington where she celebrated you know getting a break point did like the scream or the whatever the reaction was that got people debating this intensity. Is it always there? Is it not? But it is cool to see whether it's Serena, whether it's Petra Kvitova still shouting very loudly, very abruptly, startlingly in the middle of matches in a quiet stadium. Seeing that, yeah, seeing the athletes still care uh, and, yes. and seeing it, yeah. see it comes from within and not from without or not from outside uh, is, is really cool. But it's and a combination I, I of all that. 
Yeah, go ahead, Mary. No, no, I, I'm Corda. I, I just want. I think I genuinely believe that the players caught on to the vibe quickly. I think they got it. You know, I, I, if you're going to walk out, yeah. if you're at the U.S. Open. If you're on this site and you walk out to Ash Stadium, it doesn't really matter that you've got a thousands of strangers cheering for you or cheering against you. Now it's just yeah. it, again, it's it becomes very elemental, and I think that. Yeah. That's really something. It, it does make me, you know, kind of sad. I would have loved to seen Roger in this environment. Oh. Like oh, playing that... in a completely silent stadium, no crowds. I mean, I don't think that Roger would have been any different. I just think that it would just have been quite a sight, like, you know, to to kind of yeah. see that, you know, Rafa, like you mentioned Petra, Ben, and, and in press conference, she was like, yeah, there were times where I said it, and I was like, that is too loud. <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> She was doing what she wanted, you know, what she was compelled to do in the moments with her poach. But um, she was like, whoo, nope, that was, that was, that was <laughs> out of 12. Down, down. I, need to, I need to take that to an eight. So, um, so I, I, I don't know. That's all been, been really cool to see Vika tonight against Meritans just play. I don't know. There's just something about also having to get your own towel. And, oh, yeah. I hope that know, stays forever. Yeah, the towel yeah, Get thing, your own uh, bottles of water. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the whole clammy towel thing. I've been, I've been against that for many, many years. So um, I hope that goes away. Although I don't like that. They have to stick them in those diaper pails. Those are weird. There's That's weird. Something better. Just get a hook. It's a, it's a bucket in there, right? It's just like a bucket, but with, like with a planter inside of a planter. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a fancy, it's just... like a fancy airport garbage can. I don't like it. It looks less. It just looks less hygienic than a hook. That's what I mean. We could do better. Can, right. It just yeah. looks like you dropped like every time they go back to towel off that they're picking up their towel from like the bathroom floor. Exactly. And toweling off and then putting it back on the bathroom yeah, floor. And it it's like clammy Give, as they're walking away. I'm like, is, that, is it evaporating? <laughs> exactly. Is it is it then even squishier when you go back? Uh, How uh, humid is it? I got weird thoughts that I never think during a tennis match. I got to say. Well, with with humidity, clamminess issues out of the way and covered. I wanted to go through each of our eight semifinalists who we have here at this tournament recording this as Dominic team is on court against uh, Alex Dimonaro. We'll probably maybe know the result of that match by the end of the time we get to that last <laughs> last line of the men's draw. We we'll start with the women. Jen Brady is at the top of the draw here. Yes, Jen Brady, uh, who I've heard several people say they think is actually a huge beneficiary of the emptiness because people think that she, being the unproven one and maybe a, a shyer personality, is the person no. who's thriving. Do you, do you buy that, Mary, or do you think that she she would have done this regardless this well this summer? Well, she has earned her spot. She's playing on oh, yeah. me. I mean, I've really, I, 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 and I think Courtney, I think he tweeted about it. The, the stories of the four semifinalists on the women's side, everybody's got a story. And they're all yep. rich and layered and, and textured. And Jen Brady has been a revelation, a revelation. I mean, she used to, obviously, she always had big strokes and a heavy game. But now she's so, so much fitter, so much faster. And... And that has made her play so much smarter. I I really enjoy yeah. it. And I'm I'm yes, probably she is doing better without the fans, but so what? I mean And well, and to that point, Mary, I was thinking about it this week and I only just remembered it today. But the first time that I ever talked to Jen Brady was at twenty seventeen Roland Garros. Never met her before, didn't know who uh-huh. she was. And the only reason that I talked to her and this was after a first round loss. Milenovich, right? But the re- 
Mladenovic, yeah, nine seven in the third. Yeah, I remember that. It was match. a six three three six nine uh, uh, nine seven loss to Kiki Mladenovic in Paris at Roland Garros on a show court. And I remember talking to her like she was super bummed. We were at Roland Garros. We were in the press area, sitting next, you know, in interview area four, which is basically between two plants. Mm-hmm. Um, the Galifianakis and, of, of press of, of interview areas, exactly. It's the, the between two ferns of interview areas, I know for it well, sure. Yes, um, it's always where my interviews end up. But um, but yeah, it was. And I remember talking to her, and she was so bummed. And she kind of admitted, like you know, yeah, because the crowd got loud and got really behind Kiki, and she she basically was like, I choked, and that was always my memory of Jen Brady was like, okay you're an American that gets nervous and you're, she was quiet and shy. And yeah. I was like, okay, I, th- I think I get your read. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you, you're too, you're too, too nervous of a Nelly to, to get this done. And then when I saw her beat Sharapova in Brisbane, first match of the year, and then follow that up and just blast Ash Barty off a very good Ash Barty yeah. off the court. I was like, this is a different Jen Brady. And then when she said like, I went to Germany, I was like, no Americans go to Germany. What the hell are you talking about? It, it just, all the pieces kind of like her arc yes. just seemed to make complete and utter sense. Yes. And no, so to see that I'm, all crystallize I'm, here in New York is nuts. I'm very respectful of, of what she did. I mean, at a certain point she decided, wait a minute, is this who I am? Is this where I'm gonna land? Or am I gonna go for more? And I really like that. And I also like Bethany Maddox after a match. And said, Sarah, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? You know, one of those post-match questions. She said, the huge, you know, the huge. I don't know. It was just great. I, you know, she's not clearly used to giving a lot of big post-match interviews. So she's just Did gonna- you see the one after this last match? I thought I was going to poop my pants. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sure. <laughs> like, there's, there's I, I, and she said are- it completely straight faced oh, no. she's like yeah no going into this match i just yeah. um yeah i just really thought i was gonna put my pants and uh but i was just out there you know trying to be cool as a cucumber and i was like this is the ultimate yeah. jen brady moment. the world feed won't get these analogies puking. yeah pooping and cuking in the same yeah <laughs> yeah she might pooping and cuking. i <laughs> i have a feeling it's somewhere very shortly someone's gonna try to dry clean her responses uh, to questions, which is a terrible tragedy. Yeah, I, yeah. I hate when she's that. So, I mean, she's beloved. Like the she, her banter game behind the scenes is incredible. The players love her. Yeah. She has stick to everybody. She's super sarcastic, and you can just see that on social. I mean, she makes these results, and you know, like everybody, when certain players make semifinals, nobody's tweeting them. That's but good. Jen Brady does, and yeah. has a whole long list. Her phone's blown up with genuine love. So it's but it's good stuff. My still my favorite. Maybe one of my favorite ever post-match press conferences. I think I told you guys about this years ago when uh, Svetlana Perankova beat uh, beat uh, Venus Williams. Mm-hmm. She was so excited after the win. Uh, she came in. She'd obviously taken a shower and stuff. She comes into press, and she could and she her English is fine. She's got plenty of English on her, but she she said she was trying to describe what it was like, you know, after the win. And she said so many people in the locker room came up to me and. And and said, "Good done, well job." <laughs> yeah, that must have been great to hear. Tremendous. That's that's Fatana Parankova uh, winning on every level. Not a semifinalist, Fatana Parankova right. was one set away from it, though. That was like yeah. she was. That was incredible. Seeing just like how like the talent does not go away. No, that was pretty no. cool. Very canny player with uh, all kinds of shots and look. Serena's had to go three sets the last three rounds, right? Yeah. And she's come through. So 
again, I've really, maybe the reason I'm having such a good experience at the bubble open is because of all the good storylines. I mean, they just, and, and some of them have been crazy, like Novak getting defaulted, but I mean, there's been plenty of, plenty of things to observe and absorb and connect with and be surprised by. And Parankaba was a great, and, and, and can we discuss Vika the Shrika? I mean, you know what Bring I- Bring it. You wanna go to her next? I, and and by the way, I have felt for a long, I think she is a great interview. I think she, she just opens up her rib cage and lets you in. And she's been like that for a long time. If you um, love to interview people, like in its truest form, yeah. where you're genuinely curious about somebody and you want to get to, you know, and you want to yeah. make, and you don't want it to be about you or showing off what you know, but it's just like a Bronco ride. Like, let's go strap on. I have no idea where we're going. Vika's, Vika's your girl. She's like, it's just, you're just like, I don't know, but I'm strapping in. And if I yeah. can hold on for 14 seconds, I think I win the trophy. Because <laughs> she, ha she has a very specific sort of take on the world. Or very, at least her experience is, is very lived in and unique. And, and she's been around this place for a while. And, yes. you know, she's still, I, I, she says things. And even still, I just sort of, I sort of, I sort of tilt my head and like, does that make any sense? No, I don't mind. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's you the kombucha girl response yeah, to all exactly. of, like today when she was talking about the peaches. Like, you know, like, uh, you can have, you can, you can, you can be, be the, the most, most perfect beautiful. and beautiful, <laughs> beautiful peach in the world, but someone's still allergic to peaches. And I was like, very much the kombucha girl of like, no, that made no, well, did it, might have made sense. <laughs> it kind of does. Exactly. exactly. And you know that at least it makes sense to her. That's like, that it's so exactly clear. exactly what she was trying to say. And that's good enough for me. Vika is playing really well. Obviously, just really dusted Elisa Mertens earlier tonight uh, to make the semifinals. First semifinal she's made at a Grand Slam in a long time. I forget. It's 2013? Is that right? 2014? 2013? 2013 uh, US, US Open Finals. Yeah, so that's seven years. It hasn't yeah. felt like she's been that gone. That makes you feel like you, she's felt more relevant than that stat would let you think. Yeah, it, it's it's cool seeing her, her back. Go ahead, Courtney. Yeah, no, on on that point, I brought this up to her last week after she won Cincinnati. And I said, you know, let's be honest, through all your up and downs since 2012, 2013, we never forgot about you and fans never forgot about you. And I don't know if you liked that very much, yes. you know, having to be dragged in and answering for first round losses that, you know, maybe a Francesca Schiavone isn't answering for or, you know, like it. it but you know, we ignore some champions. We don't ignore you. And she kind of gave this whole answer. And I was like, is that okay? Like, what do you think of that? And she's like, you know, whether you like me or you don't like me, like, I kind of feel like people feel me. Like, you know, like I, yeah. you know, she, she's yeah. like, I, I pull you in. I, there's a connection there. Like, I don't hide anything. I'm out there. And I was, and I had never really thought about why mm. we don't forget about Vika. But then I thought about it as she was saying, I was like, you're kind of right. Like, yeah. you know, everybody's got an opinion on you. Like, no one's neutral. No. You know? No. Um, and yeah, like the way that she plays her tennis, the way she goes about her business. Yeah. She doesn't put that wall up. She never has. No. And even, and even, even when, when she tries, it's not, it's still transparent, you know? <laughs> yes. And even when she hasn't been relevant in for years, for a couple of years there, and during her comeback, she was still a very interesting interview and she was still fighting for maternity, you know, the maternity rule of the WTA. Again, I've always liked her brain pan. I like where, where it goes and, and what she has to say. And 
I mean, clearly she's got a lot of brain cells she can rub together. And then she goes off on these crazy ass tangents and I, I, I enjoy them even more. <laughs> yeah. She lands at the end. She, 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 she nails the landing. landing. Right. You know how oh, in, wow. in, in gymnastics or in figure skating, when they've made all kinds of, they've been on their, on their keisters, on their butt, but they do the big finale where they throw their arms up in the air, like, like, oh, okay. Like, like it's like, like such a bluff. Like, and yeah, it's like, oh, you think you nailed that? Okay, all right. You know what? We're giving you, we're giving you extra points for the bluff landing. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of what, what she does. She'll, she'll give you, a, yeah. She sells it. She, 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 she does. You can tell and that yes. she believes it, whether or not everyone just saw the same exactly. thing she did. She believes it. You, correct. She, sure, she'll, you, you'll ask her something, and then she'll take her answer out for a joyride. But it's kind of joyful. Yeah, that's <laughs> it is pure joy. It's pure joy. Yeah. So to do yeah. them a bit in order, I guess. Then Asmark next plays Serena. So yeah. Serena uh, is in the semifinals of this tournament yet again. She through all of the you know disappointments. I think fair to say of the post uh, Olympia part of her career. The, po the you know being a mom part of her career. Like the major runs have been largely very solidly getting to the business end of the tournament. And Absolutely. I kind of, you know, once I saw the stats on that, it was like, oh, wow, she really does, you know, not take that many bad losses. The, the Wong Chung loss this earlier this year in Australia, that was not a good loss. But like third round, right? Yeah, third round. But the other ones mm -hmm. have been, and Kenan, but she wasn't really prepared for that tournament. Kenan yeah, Rolling Girls. The other yeah. ones, um, that aged well because Kenan won a slam shortly after. So Serena. Wong Chung slam. I don't know what to, I'm, you know, I think just making the semis is already great. I was talking, according earlier this week on the show about if serena could ever become like a sentimental jimmy connors figure if you know she could ever be someone who people just sort of root on to get one match at a time and that's all great i don't think the answer is no. no but still jimmy made the semifinals and that was a massive victory for him back in 91 and right. serena's making semifinals and everyone just kind of shrugs it's still a huge deal that serena at 38 made a semi like but whatever happens from here on already a great tournament my just for my first I point and, and, you know, I know we, we talk all the time, you know, she's been in four major finals. She hasn't won a set in any of them. She's played some really snappy looking semis. I, that's why I keep, I keep believing that she's going to win another major because her semifinal form has been looking so good. And then in the finals, she's fraught and tight and hasn't been able to bring it. So I continue to believe. I still think Osaka is the one to beat at this yeah, tournament, but... I really, she's just, she was amazing last night. But yeah, I think Serena and, and Serena, I think, especially at this tournament, normally it's the last major of the year. So I think that puts a lot of stress on her because usually she shuts down her season after the U.S. Open. So I think there are all kinds of reasons why this has been a hard one for her. And she's taken some funky losses here. I think Serena and Vika, they have played that match. They played at Indian Wells last yeah. year when Vika really hadn't, veganized yet. Yeah. No, Vika was still in a funk and Serena wasn't fully prepared and still they came together, they locked horns great. and it was one of the best straight set matches of the season. That's I mean, it was compelling. Exactly right. Exactly yeah, right. So. Straight or gay, it was a great match. <laughs> um, I agree with you, Courtney. Um, yeah. I'm flattered. <laughs> yeah, so, I, and, and they really like each other. You could tell. Well, the, those two, even when they were, you know, going at majors like pretty regularly, you could tell the what they're. The, it wasn't just a respect level. I think they genuinely enjoy yeah. each other. 
It was I, it was always very striking to me how different the Serena Azarenka rivalry felt from the Sharapova Serena matchup oh slash rivalry because for a long time the head to heads were really comparable, right? And they're still yeah. not that different. Mm. I mean, Vika has four the wins. The order of the win, which but the order it, of the wins matters. I understand. Yeah, and the, and the matches are much closer. But I'm saying, but in the end, Serena was still up, you know, seventeen three on Vika or something like that at one point. Like it was still on paper, it should have lo looked one way. But it felt something totally different in actuality, that rivalry. It felt much yeah, closer than it was. they went at each other. Yeah. They, they really went at each other. I think it's 4-19 and 19 now. Yeah. I think that sounds right to me. Which, which doesn't sound like the number for a great rivalry, but it is. Yeah. No, no, because they, th they throw the same kind of blows. They both, they both can move well. I mean, it's... I think well, that's great. Yeah, their their match, their, their games, because we talk about this when we used to talk about Serena versus uh, Maria all the time tactically and and x's and o's their games just don't match up maria cannot combat what serena throws at her whereas vika can yeah that there is enough kind of play in how their pieces lock together yes you know there's enough kind of jig you know where you can kind of see it and like well if serena has a crap serving day or not a crap serving day but like not a 28 serving day and if vika is returning the way that she returned against mertens yes Who's to say, right? And and if if Vika if Vika can do what Vika wants to do, she can beat Serena. And it's just a matter of like, can Serena not let Vika do what she wants to do? And that's what makes it compelling. There's an actual question there. Also, right? don't you get the feeling that Vika likes it, likes going at her? I mean, oh, I think she yeah. enjoys it. Like I never get the feeling when Sharapova walked on the court against Serena that she was like smacking her lips, you know. But I think Vika really, like, give me the balls. Let's go. Yeah. No, Vika is that she has this attitude of just, it seems like just in life, I will run at the wall. Yes. The wall will beat me and I will get up and let's go again. Exactly. Like there's no, there is this kind of sometimes healthy, sometimes unhealthy yeah. delusion <laughs> about her yeah. that makes it really compelling. Cause you're yeah. like, gosh, she believes it so much. Maybe she's right. Like, <laughs> Maybe maybe this is the time she does bust through that concrete wall. Maybe I should be eating more peaches. Yeah, all these things. Right, exactly. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm allergic to peaches. I don't know. Um, but but yeah, no. There's there's something about it where it just. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I get your point, Ben, about the head to head being so skewed that we should feel about it the same way that we feel about Serena Maria. But, not, but you're right. No, I mean, not. the tennis community does not feel that way at all. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, she she gets another run. Let's go. Like, that, let, yeah. yeah. That's the, one, the one thing Azarenka has never beaten her at a major. For all of their tight wins, the wins for Vika have all come. You're sort of your Miamis, your Cincinnati's, uh, Doha, I believe is one Indian of them. Indian Wells. Indian Wells, How yeah. How dare you? Okay. So, no. yeah, so. PM. It's like the anti-Peronkova. Peronkova exactly. only plays well at the majors. Peronkova, I, I came up with that list majors of people who have, who have at least, I was working, I was gonna, ready to update it when she was up a set and a very early break in that second set, Peronkova today. Peronkova has three or more wins which has three was going for a fourth win against the Williams sisters at a major literally everyone else on that list has been number one in the world and Peronkova has never been top 30. It's nuts. So, I know nuts. I know she's I was trying to explain this to a, a colleague about because they were just kind of marveling at the fact that she had become this cult figure on the website and was getting so much interest and clicks and things like that and I was trying to explain like I know you might be new to this but this is she's a legend like i mean like her name pops up and people are like what 
like you know um and um and yeah it's because of crazy stats like this it's because of the crazy yeah crap that she's capable of when the stars align it's unbelievable all you, can, yeah. all you can say is good done well job exactly. i mean that's good done well job indeed now she she beat she beat venus twice at wimbledon during like pretty peak venus era like it was yeah. it was those were those were real yeah. those could have been venus's additional wimbledon titles that Peronkova stopped her from so uh, yeah, all credit to Svetlana Parankova, not one of our semifinalists. The one who we do have left is Naomi Osaka. We've never mm. really talked about here. Naomi Osaka, like, my pick to win the tournament, marry yours too. Uh, I, I heard someone say that for the first time they were thinking about the women's field is Osaka versus the field for the first time, which I do I, I do feel like Courtney does not like that. But I, <laughs> I for me, I mean, I do think she. it was the first time where I feel like she was a, a bigger part of my thinking about this slam than Serena was. And that that's takes a lot wow. Serena's, Wait, when, when did you when did you arrive at that i, I think even just even even or... just first week and, and, and granted a lot of that was serena erosion because serena had not really impressed me in lexington and cincinnati i keep wanting to say lexington and concord i feel like should be the lead up to this tournament but lexington and cincinnati you know, know. <laughs> the delaware crossing open exactly what's going on exactly <laughs> exactly anyway so whatever whatever sort of ticonderoga nonsense is happening at the uh at the u.s open in flushing yeah i i don't know i just feel like this has been Naomi's month, you know, she's been the main character in women's tennis, you know, with everything that happened in Cincinnati, with her being the one who led to the stoppage of play for a day and just feeling like she's more and more comfortable in her voice and not shrinking back. And I just think she's such a, a incredible leader and protagonist on court and off right now in this way that yeah. I haven't really seen anybody uh, get the mantle that way. Anybody who can tr pull out of one tournament twice has got even more respect. I've got that even more respect. Yeah. I mean, that's like, so yes, but I have come to think of Naomi. I, I was trying to get her, I, I work on a show called Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. And we were trying for a pretty big part of the summer to try to get her. And they liked the show and we just could not make it work. But the fact that Naomi has walked out before every one of her matches with the name of, you know, a victim yeah. uh, uh, on, on her mask and is so willing. I mean, I love when she said, I'm done being shy earlier this summer. It, it's, it reminds me of, you know, we listened to the legendary Billie Jean King who recognized at an early age that she wanted to change tennis and she knew the only way to do that was to become number one in the world because people will listen to you then. And then Billy also, you know, one the there was a year when she she wanted to get to a hundred thousand dollars in prize money. Rod Laver had been able to do that, winning half that number of tournaments. But that's how much more Billy had to play to win. And what right. Billy understood, and I think what Naomi has come to understand is, you can, if you use your own personal power, in in important ways people will listen um i i really i cannot believe how much that young woman has grown and changed and i mean talk about someone who said give me the balls i mean give this is yeah. this young woman who did not have to do it and i'm sure she's had agents and handlers saying uh, yo naomi yo you know maybe maybe you can just sit on the couch you know and and not go to Minneapolis and, and march, you know, maybe you can just like, cut a check. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, I mean, that's an easy way to do it as well. Or, exactly. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just, just jumped so, right uh, into I'm, it. I, 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 
I'm just so, I just so admire and respect what she's been doing. And I, again, it's real leadership. It's, it's Billie Jean King-like leadership. You understand that here's what I have to do so people will hear me, you know? Yeah. And when she walked out on, the, on her, in her first match with a, with a, a name of a, a victim of police crime on her, uh, police violence on her mask and said, I, ha I have seven of these and, and I, I think she said something like, tragically, there are many more I could wear. But she's got it in her head that she's gonna wear all seven. And, and um, I'm here for that. Yeah, no, it's um, one of the other things I was texting with Ben about this last night is also from a business side of things, like within the sport and everything, it's a very a crowded sports calendar as at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's really kind of no oxygen in the room, even for tennis, honestly, if you think about it with, with everything. And in a lot of ways, what Naomi is doing, yeah. starting in Cincinnati, with the withdrawal, I mean, I keep saying it, the power of a tweet that that kid had, you know, yeah. to shut down a joint event as quickly as she did. Um, and then continuing that on, you know, through New York or the U.S. Open, it is keeping tennis relevant yes. right now. You know, the, there are news stories, there are people writing about the U.S. Open that maybe wouldn't be paying attention to it if it was just about tennis. I got to tell I, you also um, that over the summer, uh, I've been speaking with Billie Jean at times and her sense of things, it, 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 there's been this incredible shift she feels that now athletes who used to be told, you know, don't make any political statements, now they will be rewarded for that. Now Gatorade and Nike will, want, especially athletes of color, you will, you do not have to be afraid, you know, yeah. to, to take a knee yeah. or to wear a mask with a name on, like you will actually and I, I kind of hate this word branding, but that will actually be something that your agents and sponsors will, will say yeah, yes to. It's almost more glaring when you're silent. That's now. a big shift, isn't it? Yeah. That's a massive shift. I mean, we're talking about Martina. We're talking about Amelie. You know, this is very recent history of, of players who have, you know, come out, well, in the, their situations, come out in terms of sexual orientation, but also just be outside of the mold and not be quiet in the way that tennis sometimes want you to be wants you to be quiet Absolutely. and just be like everything else and they lost sponsors Correct. and they were penalized for it and and you're absolutely yes. right that now it's a different climate now it's a nike ad yeah now it's a nike now it's a swoosh yeah. well now it's a reason i'm actually signing you because of it correct, correct. right and so, that's that's right yeah. if you go back to muhammad ali and you know NBA great Bill Russell and you know the guys who put their fists up at the '68 Mexico Olympic. I mean, sure, guys. It in in and Colin Kaepernick more than anything. I think it's helped Naomi too that she has very big people in her life. She you know she knows Colin Kaepernick right. She you know she she knows these she knows people who are willing to say what they mean. You know mean what they say. Um, Kobe Bryant. You came to her matches last year, I believe, you know? That's correct, yeah. At one point, she had a box that was Colin, Kobe, and then her boyfriend, Corday. And I was just like, that's one heck of a player box, to be quite honest. I don't even know what to do with that. Okay, well, I, I'm going to tell you one more bubble story. This, uh, and this is, none of this happened this year because there are so few of us around this joint. But a couple of years ago, Naomi was about to play Serena in the final. And... Jill Smoller, uh, her agent, Serena's agent, had, she, uh, we were in the bowels of 
the stadium, you know, of Ashley, and she is uh, coming at me, and she's got an incredible amount of credentials. And you know how, like, you know, the lanyards get all tangled up, and the, the and she was trying sure. to she was trying to tease them apart, you know. And it's you know it's like Beyonce and Jay Z and Spike Lee and like and it's like this knot. It's like Meghan Markle, yeah. It's like a snake nest of it's a, it's a rat king, a rat king. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a celebrity rat king <laughs> of credentials. So here's here's just smaller, like, and she's trying to pull them apart, and I've got this big stupid smile on my face because I think it's hilarious, and she just she didn't even stop. She just walked right past me, and and she's pulling out. She said. Living the dream. <laughs> it re- but I really do. Nobody is living the credential dream this time around. I really do think though, there's something about Naomi. I think Naomi is really the first genuine sort of, and this is obviously a subjective term, but the first like genuine superstar the sport has created since Andy Murray, right? Chronologically. I think it's been a long time since we had somebody who really got to be like a global star in the, in the sport. And at Murray, I'm putting it's the last arriving of the big four. Djokovic, if you think he got there, I'm not sure that's a different debate. Uh, you know, it's maybe it's somewhere around there too. But it's, you know, she's, I think she's so important for the business side of the mm. sport from just a relevance perspective. I think she's the person who people are latching onto in this time when no one has asserted dominance in women's tennis in terms of racking up majors. There's sort of a massive group tie at two and then Kerber's at three. Uh, but no one's really stepped up to really, you know, statistically distance himself from the pack on that metric. And, but, mm. but, but Naomi's doing in terms of her social and cultural relevance, I, I feel like puts her pretty far apart, you know, just her relevance and, and her ability to make people care. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge mm. thing that I don't think many other players have, have managed that in, in recent years. I do. I think that there's still for her a, I think that we're coming at it from a bit of a biased American perspective in terms of how much, how big this kid is in in the States um, and how much she resonates and obviously the same in Asia. But I do think that there's a hole in Europe. I, I'm not convinced that Europe, because her and results have not too. been, Relatively. yeah, she's not, she hasn't done anything mm-hmm. on European or, or British soil to merit, ooh, this kid's interesting, you know? Um, it, I think she's still a little bit of an anomaly there. And until why do you, she- Why do you think that is? Result surface. Um, oh, surface. Uh, no, I think it's just a matter of time. To be quite honest, I mean, I think that she's great on clay, and and I mean, she started to put those results together last year. I think that also too, her, you know, Mary, you were talking about how you know she's matured and and she's grown up, and you know, in a lot of ways, if we all want to be quite frank about it, you know, you talk about three years ago, even two years ago, she was a bit of a, um, people didn't get her. Yeah. Um, particularly, I mean, in, in Europe, for sure, like, you know, just her quirks, her sarcasm, yeah. maybe there's a language barrier, the and, way that and, she and speaks. obscure, like, references that only so obscure. somebody... Her references are hip-hop and anime, so Europe's not going to exactly. touch either of those. And if you're going to talk about where the, the younger reporters are, yes. they are not in Europe. No. So God in the no. States, the younger reporters... I'm not young, but like I can get some of her references. With the exception of Tumani. Tumani, Tumani, I feel like always got her. Tumani. Tumani always got her. But like that, you know, so that makes a little bit of a difference. So if if, if Naomi is trying to talk to Ubaldo Scanagata. Right. I would watch that between the ferns. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Yeah. That would be good. Right. You know. 
or or the Brits trying to understand her. Yes. Um, and not really. So I think that there's a just kind yeah. of a like a lost in translation thing culturally. That's, that's very fair. There's a disconnect there. I, and it take, I, it'll take time. And that's it'll to her time. credit that the I, Brits don't understand her. I like that about her a lot. That speaks very well of her to me. No, but also because if she doesn't do well on those surfaces and in right. on at those tournaments, they don't get enough repetition Correct. with her to right. get her. Right, like you and I, Ben, we get her because we spent a lot of time with her, to her for four yeah. so long, you know. Yeah. So it, it's all kind of new to them. And, but, and um, she trusts yeah. you guys. I mean, there's that that the trust factor is, yeah, and she knows that you get her. So, so there's that. There's I tell you what, I'm sorry that the Olympics went away this summer because she was going mm. to be the biggest Japanese athlete uh, at the, in Tokyo. Hopefully, yeah. still 2021. Sidebar question: You're you are queen of Olympics in my mind. Do you think 2021 is happening in in, Be yeah. in Tokyo? Uh, uh, well, I don't. Who knows? It's hard to know. But I mean, they're actually they're actually speaking in a cautious way about it. I would say mm. in, in recent weeks they're they're not they're not convinced. Yeah. That I don't I don't know the answer to that. I I'm in. I'm hoping to go. I'm hoping to go, and I'd love to see. I'd love, to, I mean, she's going to be all over it. Can you imagine? Have you filmed any Japanese nonsense already? I have indeed. I haven't, haven't I shown you guys pictures of? Oh, uh, I saw. Yeah. You, yeah I Warrior saw some of you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a sumo wrestler. Yes. I crushed it. <laughs> I believe it. I fully believe as it. In, as in like your femur or <laughs> <laughs> the activity itself? Yeah. I, I, that I continue to get paid to spew that nonsense is just one of the big upsets of of any television career your never made it to air special from the korean sex hotel oh that was outstanding still one of my favorite that moments is, of broadcast journalism in a long classic. time oh my god yeah yeah yes that um yes tragically that did not make air it was supposed to air on valentine's day <laughs> <laughs> and all manner of people came came down on that. It yeah. was condemned. Everybody, yeah, it's yeah. I but love it, that you have a red band classic. tape. It's it's a basement classic. Yeah, it's like those yeah. old VHS, like pre YouTube viral video kind of thing. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, speaking Tremendous. of, I don't know how to transition from Korean sex to tell Pablo Carreño Busta, but okay, Pablo Carreño Busta, I have. I've been thinking about him more than I should be during these last couple of days. I had, a, I had a, if Mary, I would hope you didn't see this. I had a tweet a couple of days ago. I think when he made fourth round, when he beat Brinks in the fourth round, I was like, Pablo Carina Busta, 2017 US Open semifinalist. And he's like, yeah, that's, I think my phrase was, yeah, that happened. Or yes, that happened. Or something just being like, it doesn't fit into my perception of him, but it did. Um, and now he's back in another. And all these people are like, ha, you've been told by Pablo. I was like, I, I don't feel that way at all. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it, it's a lot of emotions made me feel with this guy who I feel like is in some ways very likable and, you know, solid. Hmm. In other ways, impossibly beige on court and off. And so I don't know why I'm getting as worked up as, about this as I am. Is he good? I can't tell. Because he's made two U.S. Open semifinals, which is yeah. objectively great. Most, a lot, most people don't do that. He is, however, and even just on hard courts, he is 1-18 career on hard courts against the top 10. Unless you count, if not counting the Djokovic default, which would make him two and eighteen, and the one win he had was beating Kevin Anderson in a third set tiebreak in Miami. So, like, I, it's very weird to me that he has the track record he has. When also, I don't think he's ever proven that he's that good, in a traditional sense of being that good. You know, like Rublev, who's never made a Grand Slam semifinal. I feel like I think of as a much quote unquote 
whatever better player. I don't know. What should I tell me how to feel about Pablo Carreño Busta? Because I don't know how to vote for Pablo either way. Okay. Well, you went from, I'm still trying to get over the Korean sex motel to public. I'm, it was a bit of a hairpin turn. So I'm yeah, still please. trying to cover from. <laughs> he's very, very need some time to catch up. <laughs> he's got, um, yeah, he's two major. Yeah. He's had two major semis and he's a hardcore player from Spain. So I think, I think he goes maybe under the radar a little bit because of that. You know, you just assume if, you, if you're from Spain, your favorite, you know, surface is a sliding surface. Um, no, he's, he's good, but he, and he's, he's fit yeah. and he knows how to play three out of five set matches. So I guess, yes, I'd say he, of course he's good. He's a pro, but I feel like there's something about, like when I was watching the match, the commentary, and this is probably North American bias, American bias, lefty bias, whatever it was, the McEnroe's were calling that match, the Shapovalov versus Karina Busta. Hey, and I, I, I rushed to confess, I did not stay up for that. That's whole thing. not, that's no problem, but I fell asleep. Almost everything they were saying at some point is happening that was true was from Dennis's perspective. They almost never sort of thought of the match at all from Pablo. Again, he, that's just him being like right. this neutral, beige, fixed thing. Like if you're good yeah. enough, you will get over this hurdle. And if you're not, you're not. Well, this hurdle is something in the final four. His next opponent, Zverev, played an awful yes. quarterfinal match that he won yeah. for most of that match. It was awful. And so Pablo, I think he can't be counted out of this tournament from a competitive level. But also, I feel right. like he's at the same time like a, a, a kind of a void. Pablo Pablum. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like that. Well, I mean, the, here's the thing. Here's the Pablo problem, which is <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's, it's not his Pablo fault. Listen to NCR because I, I don't. Want the Pablo to problem. Go into this semifinal like feeling, you know. No, I, I. You know, he he's a very good tennis player. Yeah. Yes. He is tactically sound. Yes. He knows how to unwind. Like you see that matchup against Shapo and you're just like, oh my God. Like this is what I thought. I was like, oh, PCB is going to just unwind him. He will tactically beat him. Yes. Like all of that flash and, and all that, Pablo don't care. That was, Pablo yeah, that was knows pure exactly flash the right the shot. That match, purely. Yeah, yeah. Like he knows exactly the right shot to hit every single freaking time. And it yeah. is the right shot. And that's great. What I think that everybody, or not everybody, obviously he has fans. Number one fan, Gigi from North Carolina, who asked him a fan question. <laughs> She had props. It was great. She was the best fan questioner. Was it, was of it, was all. it specific for, for Pablo? She had Pablo props? Yes. She said, My name is Gigi. I am from North Carolina and I am Pablo Crania Busta's number one fan. Oh my God. She wow. was decked out in a Winston and Salem open t shirt over a turtleneck. And it's hot, right? I don't, it was a weird, co anyways. And had like tennis ball earrings. Wow. I need to, and I need like to maybe see a, a stuffed animal. Oh, she was a legend. And she asked like a really good question. And he like spent, because he's so lovely, he spent like a good amount of time answering it. Wow. The whole time, ESPN is trying to play him off. Like the music is playing, <laughs> trying to shoot it off to commercial oh, break. Because no. it's like one o'clock in the morning and nobody. I'll do respect, Pablo, but only Gigi like, will give you her WhatsApp. You can call her. Like, no one cares about this answer, my friend. But he answered it so earnestly. Yeah. Gigi had the time of her life. Oh, uh, that's good. See? That's good stuff. So, yeah. he, you know, like, but he, I think that what the problem that people, people don't respond if they don't see your weapon. Correct. Correct. And here's Shabababa, who's very flashy, and he's got right. hair flying around, and he's got a, you know, but there has to be some sort of dramatic tension, right? Like, oh, Kyrgios, amazing shot maker, oh, a bit of a crap competitor sometimes, or can tank bat. And so you go into their matches being like, which one are we going to see? Like, Shapo, the, you know, 
if you're just steady yeah, he hasn't even earned like that begrudging yeah. what a bulldog thing that Ferrer got yeah he's not Ferrer yet he's not Ferrer yet and but Ferrer took time Ferrer wasn't a terrier until he was 28 wait can i just say speaking of the idea that sasha zvera has david Ferrer. i hi murray i hear murray nguyen he, he said hello yeah he said hello how how great a combo platter is that david Ferrer and sasha zverev that's weird with fries and a pickle <laughs> boom i'm surprised not, i'm surprised i can't order that at, at my chinese restaurant that is definitely you know chow mein and that? a side of six piece nuggets yeah that, that hire makes no weird. sense to me on many levels well when you watch him play it makes sense <sighs> okay let's get to zverev then because zverev like <laughs> zverev i you know, I find him disappointing on so many levels. <laughs> I don't want to start that way, but that's kind of my feeling because, like, I, you know, I've I've seen him at What's his the problem with Sash. Well, I mean, it depends which day of the week it is, but like, so I've seen him at. I was there in Rome when he won uh, his first breakthrough Masters title. He beat Djokovic in the final, I believe, and and yeah. some other good wins along the way. I think he beat Fanini on clay in Rome, which was a feat. Maybe some other stuff too. Uh, I think he beat Isner in the semis. I want to say, which was not a bad win for him. I might be completely wrong. No one, no one fact checked that that following statement of, of his draw. But Zverev has this big game, right, and this enormous ego that he carries around with him under beautifully fluffy hair. But it's it's so he plays at the same time like so small, and he's so glass on court so often. I've seen him get bageled by Ernest Golbus. I think it was only once, but it felt like several times. Like, I mean, there's just something about him that just seems like when he implodes, he explodes so spectacularly. And yet he never seems to fully grow from it per se. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't but the know. thing, the funny thing about the, the implosions, which you're right. There like it many. does feel like when he, what, but it doesn't, if you play the game as small as he plays the yeah. game for a big guy, you shouldn't have these implosions. Right. You might have losses, but you shouldn't be getting bageled and you shouldn't be getting, you know, breadsticked and tooed. Like, you know, like I I don't I don't understand it. I just I can't watch his matches because I spend the whole time so confused as to why someone that gifted in, in physicality yeah. plays plays yeah, bunts. He, you know who? You know his coach should. Why not, would you? Why would Mark? Why would Mark McGuire bunt? His coach should not be Ferrer. It should be Sybil Kova. It should be somebody who's just like you see the ball, you hit the crap out of the ball, and you pose for photos afterwards. Like that would work for him. You know, mirror selfies. Yes, all the time. He, this works for him. I th I think this works. <laughs> yeah. So you have an, uh, you have an easier time watching Cece Pass figure out a way to lose a match than Sasha Zverev. Because Tsitsipas, I feel like, always backs himself in this way, right? Tsitsipas, I mean, Tsitsipas, it's a different sort of ego, to use that word again, in terms of the young players. But Tsitsipas, I don't feel like it's doing this much active self... Well, he does different kind of self-sabotage. <laughs> Tsitsipas does. But there's some there's something about, about Zverev that, again... And it, granted, he's in the semifinals and can win this tournament, as much as we're ripping him here. Right. He's still in it and Look, can win it. And he gets to play Karenia Boussa The bottom Boussa line next. is that... Because Tsitsipas is trying to win the match. Yeah. You see that he is trying to actively win the match. When you watch Zverev, he is trying not to lose the match. I don't understand how he is going to go out there for four sets and push against Borna Cioric. Mm. This, this makes no sense to me. Now, is it ludicrous for me to criticize his tactics given that he won? 
some might say, but I don't think that I am. I mean, I, there's a more efficient way to go about your tenant. I, I, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. No, I really don't. And I feel like the, up, the mean, potential is there. Like, I feel like uh, he can get it together, but he's just still has been a relevant player. And I've watched enough of him that he still hasn't. And it felt like a little bit not as extreme because I think she was more dedicated to this and she was more pure on this. It's a little bit like Wozniacki almost. But Wozniacki could compete. Wozniacki was a better competitor. I knew I yeah. knew the Wozniacki like that was her that was her skill. That was her X-Man power. Yeah. Was was I can I I will outcompete you and from my cold dead hand will you grab this match from me and you will have to go through me like Deminner more so than mentality wise Sasha it's still like there was still like an alpha ness about Caroline when she played because mm. she stepped up and she was like I'm gonna run freaking all day yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna cramp and I'm gonna do this all day long and but Sasha like acts like he's like firing sixty winners a match right and then you tune in and you're like. What's this? Yeah. Like this is this is this is this is small ball and I don't understand. I don't know. It really really bothers me cuz obviously he's incredibly talented and he gets hyped and all deservingly so I suppose but it's just it's hard tennis to watch and enjoy. I, I thought when Lendl was on his team that was a, a very solid move. And then he won the year in championships with Lendl on the bag, right? And then I don't I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard that he had, Lendl had signed on and, and Yvonne Lendl, if this, you know, if a guy like Yvonne Lendl is going to sign on, he's, you're looking at paying a lot of cabbage for this guy, yeah. right? So evidently there was some kind of a bonus situation <laughs> for winning a big event. So Lendl got all this extra lettuce and Sasha's father, again, this is, maybe this is an urban legend, but I guess from how I heard it from a, a reputable source, Sasha's father found out what the bonus check was and said, what the, wait, what? Who, wait, what, what, what page of the contract was that on? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know. Not, I, good at, not good at reading the fine print, that family, when they signed, when they signed uh, agreements. Oh, yeah, the manager. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, so, you know, I think a, a little bit more dedication to detail and, and a better understanding of your gifts. I still, I, I want him to live up to himself. Yeah. That's my hope. I oh, to, to I don't want to be disappointed. If, I don't want to be disappointed. If he was, it, I yeah. don't feel this way about Pablo Carreño Busta. No, this, this, this. Why aren't you better? Like, you know I, what I mean? But like, because with Zverev, it is you. You see all the potential that's there. You see yeah. that he has all the star qualities and all these things that you know the men's game will need over the next decade. Yeah, and and you want him to deserve it, I guess, which is a really crappy thing to say, and I know that. But I the thing that I kept thinking when I was watching that Chorich match was, you know, we talk about again asterisks and things like that, and we've talked about it on this show. I just feel like the person who wins a title is not going to have an asterisk and it's there's no asterisk whatsoever. But mm. for the men, I really do need, only because I don't want to have this discussion anymore, but I really do need for the person who does win that trophy to play as though mm. the only reason that they never won was because of the big three. Yes. And not because I watch you play and I just don't think you're good enough to win a slam and you just lucked into this one. And when I was watching the George Zverev thing... I just was like, I, you know, like you see Medvedev, you see team, yes. you know, PC, you, you see why, you know, that, that they should so be in those. Is so it important that's thing. for you? Is it important for you to like for the, uh, for the, on the women's side, this is like way back machine tennis that we were talking. I mean, from Serena to Vika to Kim Kleisters was in this thing. <laughs> yeah. Rankova, 
I mean, we're going into the files, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. And that's been kind of fun because, and then you've got all the young kids that are making noises as well. But on the men's side, is it important for you, for you two that a young guy steps up and wins this thing? I mean, or because, you know, team is saying, God, I'm 27 years old. I'm like the oldest guy around here. It is crazy that team is like that old. Like I know. I know you still think it's of crazy. him as being young, but like, but just because the bar is so messed up. If Pablo Carreño Busta wins this tournament, it is an incredible indictment you of a really generation. You obsessed with Pablo Carreño Busta. I love that. I mean, yeah, I, I need I need help, but uh, I'm all about Busta Slam. Busta, it'd, be, it. it'd be funny. Bust it, bust, bust it with Busta. You know, Busta Slam, <laughs> Busta bubble, yeah. Busta bubble. Wouldn't there that be you go. Something at Busta busted the bubble. Yeah, Busta busted the bubble. I there there is something. Oh my that, god, it's happening, isn't it? There is. I mean, you know, there is something to this where it's not like no one's coming out of nowhere in the men's side. None of them, assuming that team holds on to win this match against Demon R, which is four all in the third update. None of them are making their first slam semifinal. They've all been here at least once before. So again, yes, Pablo did make that one before three years ago. You'll recall. They so they're all kind of in the in the supporting cast there's no jen brady who's really like surging on their side and really announcing herself per se these are all people we're familiar with and yeah one of them should do it. i agree i just hope that whoever does it does it in a way that's more sharapova than miskina let's put it that way you know i don't want it to yeah. be because the other person plays sure. awful i want you to have to go right. out there and not there will be a serena across and that there's no one like that left in the straw but that you do something that makes it like wow this was good right so uh, can't argue with that next no. next dude medvedev uh let's work our way through two more of these guys daniel medvedev team breaks for five four in the third so we're gonna get to him probably pretty soon uh daniel medvedev as courtney does his various walking dances has been more subdued this tournament but has been solid hasn't dropped a set i no. really like watching this guy play i never feel mad watching this guy play like he's he does it things in the weird way but what seems like the right way for him uh, I find him very pleasing to watch. The matching against Rublev, I thought would have been a very worthy final. Had he scrambled the draw, I think they both could have made final. I think Rublev could have beaten yep. anybody else left. Yeah, Rublev, Rublev is he's been impressive this year. Um, even a subdued Medvedev, a subdued dude like Medvedev works for me because his game is just, it's absolute. He's such a, a thinker out there and he's, He's way the hell behind the baseline. He's, you know, you don't, you can't even, you can't imagine. I've never seen a six-six guy move the way he moves, and has such a great, un, such great concept, real, real imagination when he plays, and knows when to lean on the shot, and knows when to, you know, squirt it back somehow, and big old serves. I'm, I am a huge fan of his. I loved him last year. The whole, every round, oh, the whole, the whole thing, the whole act. I liked his whole act. I love the redemption, you know, when he finally went five and it was such a good final against Nadal. I love how he was, even after this long, torturous match that he almost won against this one of the all-time greats. And they did that retrospective of all the majors Nadal yeah. won. <laughs> and then the first thing he says in his on-court interviews, I was wondering what they were going to show if I had won. <laughs> he's just witty. He's smart. That guy's he's smart. smart. He is witty, canny. I mean, every, he is exactly. He's just—I don't know. I—he's I, got my number. That dude—he yep. has got my number. Oh, in a big way. Yeah. No, I, I love. I, I wouldn't mind watching him win his first major Absolutely on Sunday, not. at all. He—he's my—he's the one that I would like to see win it. 
um, just because I like watching his plays tennis. But he's a play, and this is rare, and probably actually so rare that he, this he might be the first player to get this distinction, even over Andy. But like he's a player where like if he wins in straight sets, I'm like, oh, right. I wouldn't mind this. I I wouldn't mind you know watching another set of that. Like yeah. you know, like I you know, it just Andy looks so cool. Yes. Yeah, it's it's cool, and and I also really love about him that you know we talk about the chess side of tennis and and things like that and which players kind of play chess out there and medvedev obviously isn't the only one to kind of do that but i love though that he can post game it so yeah. easily as well Absolutely. that he sits there and tells you precisely yeah so like you know he went rook like queens four and i thought well i could either go pawns two or i can go you know and so uh -huh. what i decided to do and that really you know that really just shifted the entire board and after that yes. like he he wants to tell you what he did he wants to yeah. show his work yes he and i kind of really love that and, I, and there's an artistry about it even even though i know that artists don't like talking about the sausage and how it gets made but he really we talk about his imagination him seeing things that you don't see and no most players don't see and he goes for them and then later tells you precisely why that it's not accidental that it wasn't yeah. like i just felt like it it's like he did all the calculations in his head. I just really, I love all that. I love the way that he can talk about it. And yeah, I hope that he wins because only because he, he plays a, a type of tennis that I just like watching. And I want to see other people see it. And I would love for Russia to get, you know, a new major champion. I mean, they're going to be obviously a big part of the men's game in the future. It might even, you might even start to see a little bit of an ebb where all of a sudden it's about Russian men's tennis. I think we're already mm -hmm. there. And not about, Ru there. yeah, it's pretty close. And, and Are you not really about Hachinov Russian in there? Yeah, and Rublev. Uh, yeah, yes, Hachinov yeah. as well, for sure. Rublev, Hachinov, those, those three. Those are the three. And then honorary, the honorary turncoat Russian Sasha Bubbles. I was going to say, Bublik. Sasha Bubbles. Yeah. Heart. Although if we do that, then you have Elena Rabakina that you can count as a Russian in, in for yeah. the women who I think will will win things. But yeah, no, it's it's lovely. I think he's had a great tournament. I've enjoyed every match that he's played, and I'm glad that he didn't get into a fourth set against Rublev today. Poor Rublev, though. I know. I felt I really banana felt for abuse. him. And, and the banana. Yeah, there banana was, abuse. There was some uh, banana abuse. I, uh, yeah. I hate potassium, too. <laughs> I, lo I love a nightly leg cramp. I, I guess banana jokes. I guess when he lost that first at tiebreak, and he claims that he only screamed, James Kiyatovang knew it was a Russian curse. Oh, and the Russians on Twitter confirmed this. The Russians were like, "That was a Russian." And and Ann Kiyatovang, his sister, who's lovely, Fed we love Annie. Oh, we love Ann Kiyatovang. She she tweeted out, "I wonder how many, how many in uh, what did she say? I wonder how many languages my my brother knows curses in." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean it there was a, a similar joke last night in the the Shapo Carreño Busta match where uh Carreño of Fergus Murphy who's Irish is in the chair Carreño goes to Fergus and says Shapo who's Canadian just cursed in Russian <laughs> yeah, exactly and like it was like so a Spaniard went to an Irish guy to call out a Canadian guy for cursing in Russia. quite Russian. a model like, UN moment right there. That's tennis. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a Benetton ad if I've ever seen one. So We're, that was pretty cool. I will tell you it one more amazing. story that uh, Ian Tyriak, Romanian billionaire, the only tennis billionaire. Mm -hmm. He really is. Yeah. He, uh, this is back in the 70s. So I was still playing. Uh, we were, I was playing a tournament in, Kits, in either Gestad or Kitzbühel. And Vilas, he was coaching Vilas at the time. This is, this is how far back I'm going. 
And I watched him tell a joke in English, and then he told the same joke in like German, and then he told it, he told it like three different ways and got a huge <laughs> laugh every time. And and I I I I said to him, Ian, how how many languages do you speak? And he 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 said, I know how to say I am innocent in every language. <laughs> That's dark. Uh, I like that. That's dark and that's so Yontiriac. I mean, like, you're like, yeah, that, I believe you, actually. I totally believe yeah, you. They have press charges. All right. So uh, <laughs> this leaves us with Dominic Team as our last player. Mary, uh, you were talking about Medvedev uh, standing way back. Team does this, too. This is a growing trend in men's tennis, and I'm not sure how I feel about these guys standing way back. It was driving me nuts when I was watching Team's second round against Sumit Nagal, who was literally serving first serves in the 80s. I've not seen a serve that slow in men's tennis in a very long time. And mm. Team was still way back there, you know, heels in Bayonne to return these these serves. And it was working. He was winning the match, but it was, I don't I don't know. I, team team is, is the number two seed here. He, on paper, should be the one ready to win this. He's made three slam finals before. Uh, right. Went five with Djokovic in the Australian Open final this year, although it was not a great match from Djokovic, but Djokovic. So wanna, what do you make of Dominic Team this week and what would this winning this tournament mean for him? Because he does feel like the natural, in the line of succession in the Correct. Royal Tennis Tree, he's the, he's the next guy. He should be he's there. When, when Djokovic goes down, yeah. he should get the crown. And he'll win, he'll win majors, not just on clay. I think he'll, and, and he might do it this year. Again, I still, I have a nice feeling about Medvedev, but uh, team. Medvedev's Medvedev, physical holding up worried me today. That was what gave me pause okay. on Medvedev today. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair enough. Team played Nadal a couple of years ago. Remember that match here? It was one of the most, exa I was exhausted. Oh, that match was unbelievable. It was incredible. It was like, just, it's uh, 1 2 a.m. Yeah, finish. Kind of yeah. It was a yeah. crazy, incredible, I mean, unbelievably tough five-setter that Nadal ended up winning. But, yes, the team is interesting. I, again, I, I go back to Taylor Dent, who I've never worked with before, and he said something so interesting the other night about how the best we – were, we were discussing how far back somebody was standing, and he said, yeah, but the, the best returners have the best footwork. And I had never heard anyone say that. And what he was basically saying is a guy like Team, he's going to spit the ball back on his returns, like hard and deep and whatever. And then he's ready for the next shot. So you, when you think about all the best returners from Connors to Agassi to Djokovic to, you know, that's what they do. They, that's the setup is, you know, they have great, you know, they move so well. And that, that's sort of the mark of a great returner. And I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think Dami can win this. Of course he can win this. He's, to your point, he's, he's had a lot more experience in big matches. You know, we've, we've seen, you know, some of these guys shake and still win. I, I, still, want, I, I still think it's Daniel. I, I, yeah. I do. There's just an electricity about him that feels right for this event always. I mean, yeah. starting at last year, yeah. you know, obviously he establishes that, but then... This year, with everything still quiet and everything still kind of, I don't know, every single time I watch him walk out on court, you know, kind of tall and lanky with yeah. his like duffel bag under one, and he kind of looks like collapsed in on himself. And he's just like, do, 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 like some dude who just like walked out on court and uh, decided to play. Something about it just works for me. Yes. At, in New York, in a way that doesn't really translate anywhere else, but here. In a way that like 
Bobby Fisher was a New Yorker. It's that kind of New Yorker, I guess, that he has. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's something about it. Yeah, no, it just, it about just Medvedev feels here right. We so... switched back to Medvedev. Yeah, yeah, about Medvedev. So, I I mean, I very much will look forward to to Medvedev team. I think that that I is... think that's our final. I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised. I think it's a, not... yeah. I think so, too. I, 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 speaking of the, the quarterfinal, I didn't get to make my joke. My hope was that at the end of this match, Dominic team goes up to Alex Timonar and says, look, I'm not going to try to do an accent, accent, but look, as an Austrian, you got to lose the mustache, dude. Like, it's it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I say this as yeah. an Austrian. You can't you can't be do, evoking certain European leaders' facial hair on court in the year 2020. You, you just can't. So. Yeah. Is it actually shaved on no, the sides? I think sides, it's just blonde it on the just sides. It's the blonde? issue. It's just dark in the middle. Man. It's a problem. It's bad. It's a it's bad a problem. Look. All right. By the way, I've I've pulled out my I've pulled out my menu. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're wrapping up things here. Yep. So here it is. Okay. And you're thinking. Wait. wait hold on. Don't get the name of that. It's it's it's. No, I don't. I don't want to make fun of this place. I've I've ordered okay. from it twice. So you know, I just but I just want to show you this swell picture of the fried baby shrimp and French fries. <laughs> Can, can you see that? We're on yeah. Zoom. A little, hey. It, it, there we go. Wow, those are a lot yeah. of fries. I'm, I'm telling you, they, if you like fries, this is the Chinese restaurant you want to order from. Yeah. Well, you know, to be frank, I do like fries. Yeah. I love Chinese food. So that would work for me. It wouldn't be, it's not a deal breaker is what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, they're probably like, look, we got it's potatoes, we got a fryer. What? Why not? There's potatoes, there's rice. Oh, yeah. No, no. There's just, yeah. I'm feeling yeah. it. That's good stuff. I know. I'm gonna. You don't think I'm gonna order from here again? Oh, oh I, I will. It. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Well, Mary, th thank you as always for serving up uh, wonderful main courses, a lot of tremendous sides at all times, and and a, a fortune going forward. What is your What is your fortune for the U.S. Open here? Tell, give us our fortune cookie answer here in classic uh, Astoria Chinese food sense. Um, if I were to get a fortune cookie from from my favorite new Chinese place, I, I would crack it open and it would probably say your request for no MSG has been ignored. <laughs> Always. And you're welcome. Courtney, <laughs> proud defender of MSG. Come again. Come I will again. Defend, I, will, I will defend MSG to the day I die. It makes uh -huh. everything delicious. <laughs> I am not here for that, 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 that propaganda. Love it. Uh, yeah. Extra uh, MSG, Carrillo. All right. You'll even you'll be you'll be bloated, <laughs> you know, ready to roll tomorrow for some epic semifinals. Yes, indeed. So. Yes, you got it. Yes, only pretty much one session or you know, fewer singles matches left. No more early days for us mostly. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, sleep off the food, whatever it is. Mary, thank you very much for being here. Thank you also for being a. Uh, I'm gonna I'm record the post part afterwards, but thank you for being a Patreon Slam champ backer for us for a while. It's a delight uh, saying you your got, name every show. You got it, kids. All right. Be good. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> you too. So thank you very much to Mary Carrillo for taking time during her busy U.S. Open to spend with us here on NCR. Thank you to her for being a backer, as we mentioned, and you hear her name at the end of every show. And thank you to all of the other people who have backed NCR during this tournament. A bunch of new backers to report, some changes in the backer list, I should say. Some new backers first, uh, since we last recorded. They are Alexa Payton, Margaret Hamm. Lori McKenzie. So thank you to those three. And then also two people beefed up their additions, I believe doubling them, both of them. So thank you to James Hindle and to Leah Williams, both of whom doubled their donation amounts. So they get shout outs here as well. And you'll hear Leah's name 
Now on this list of Patreon Slam Champ backers, who you read on every show, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Chuang Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Wellens, Sean Mulroy, Joseph Har, Susanna W., and Antonio Maycumber, as well as our GOAT backers, Mike, J-O-D, and Charles Cena. Again, if you want to support NCR and help us stay ad-free and as independent as we try to be, we are at patreon.com slash no challenges remaining. If you've enjoyed the daily shows during the open or in years past or both or whatever and want to support us, that would be super duper. You can also follow us for free <laughs> on uh, Twitter at NCR underscore tennis and emails no challenges remaining at gmail.com. That's it from us. May you be blessed going forward with both good fortune and good cookies. Bye, guys. Send you a postcard when I get there